office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight with Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan, Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. Happy Sunday to you. You'll have to excuse the voice tonight. I've seemed to have lost it uh, last night and throughout the day today. I wasn't uh, at a rager at a concert or anything like that. Uh, I think it's just this weather change. So here's what we're going to do today. Um, We're going to do some master stuff and we're going to sandwich it in between some tiger stuff. So we'll do some master stuff. Now Uh, we're going to talk to Casey Mize, Tucker Barnhart coming up in in a little bit. And then we're going to talk to Sean Belegian, um, Jordan Young, uh, and all the folks, all the guys at Spin on Golf, which is making its return back to WJR uh, this evening. So a very, very exciting uh, next couple of hours here for you. Now, here's the situation, the latest from Augusta. This is Scotty Scheffler's tournament. There is no doubt that he will be trying on a green jacket after he puts his final putt in at 18. Um, and, and the... Now, I think the question is, uh, as they make their way off the tee shot at 15, um, w- what happened to guys like like Cam Smith? Cam Smith just had a dreadful, dreadful day and really a really start, a rough start to his back nine um, on his Sunday. He went bogey at 10, birdie at 11, and then doubled 12. And, and look, I and and I don't know if there's a guy on this course who doesn't want to be on the course more than Cam Smith. He wants off. He's done. He's fallen from second place now down to T5 um, with guys like Will Zalatoris. So, I, <clears throat> look, at this point, Cam Smith is done. Now, here, there were some fireworks on 18 in one of the groups, uh, I think two ahead of Scheffler and Smith. And that group consisted of Col- of Colin Morikawa and Rory McIlroy. Now, Rory McIlroy had a superb Sunday. A superb Sunday. In fact, uh, Rory McIlroy's 64 today is remarkable for a number of reasons. Number one, it matches his lowest final score in Masters history. It's his sec- it's his best round at Augusta National. It's one shy of the course record. His second lowest round in any major. And he finished the only bogey-free round of any golfer this week. I mean, that, judging by not only the conditions of the course, but the weather, the whole thing, that is a remarkable Sunday for Rory McIlroy, a guy who I thought had what it took to win this tournament this weekend. Now, he started off a little slow on Thursday and Friday, but really found that next gear and and got to a place that I think that guys like me expected him to be in. I thought this was going to be kind of Rory's tournament to lose. And as we stand now, it wasn't Rory's tournament to lose. It's Scotty Scheffler's tournament to lose. In fact, it just birdied 14. Um, All of this, meanwhile, coming for a guy who's the number one golfer in the world. Scotty Scheffler now is the number one golfer in the world. And so he's playing like it this weekend. 
He's had a strong outing every day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He's going to finish off his Sunday with a master's jacket. So I look, I'm, I'm really impressed by Scotty Scheffler. He's gone out with a very workmanlike approach. Um, especially over the last couple of holes when it became very apparent that that Cam Smith was not going to be a factor anymore. And as long as he just parred the rest of this, uh, the rest of, of his round, he was going to win the tournament. I mean, as long as he parred one of his holes, he was going to win the tournament. So th- there's been a very now workmanlike approach. He's not gambling. He's not taking any crazy shots. He's just muddling his way through the rest of this course so he can put on his jacket at the end. A really incredible story for Scotty Scheffler. Um, in the meantime, Tiger Woods did not play well. Did not play well. He didn't play well. Um, look, I I thought Tiger Woods showed flashes of vintage Tiger. Like there were times when you're like, oh, here's Tiger Woods again. Like you saw it. Um, but he finished plus 13. And he just didn't, he didn't have it. And I think there was probably a lot of fatigue. I think there was probably that element of not being able to push off on his right foot because what was so great about Tiger, vintage Tiger, is that his core works, his upper body works, and his lower body works all in tandem. And when one of those three aren't firing on the same cylinders that the other two are, it makes it very, very difficult. And he had a really hard time pushing the ball far enough down the course when he needed to. And I think that was really, in the end, that was really part of it. And it was frustrating. You could see he was frustrated. Um, but a, a really interesting part here in 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Um, we heard a very different kind of message from Tiger this week. And that was, look, I didn't expect to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm thankful to be at this point. Um, and what I think is even more amazing is he's now already committed to play at the Open at St. Andrews. He said it's one of his favorite courses in the world, and he's already said that he plans to play at the Open. Not sure yet if he'll play in the PGA Championship um, or at the U.S. Open. Uh, in Massachusetts in June, but he says he will play at the Open in July. So Tiger already setting his sights towards St. Andrews and in a much different form of golf, much different version of golf to what you see it at a place like Augusta National to what you see at St. Andrews. Wind, rolling hills, it's a much more knockdown type of play. Um, so we'll see if that ends up fitting his game as it stands now. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Uh, let's go to the phones, talk to Greg in Shelby Township. What's up, Greg? Hey, C, uh, Mr. Positive. Oh, my God. Get better, my friend. I need TLC from Mama um, Renwick. Uh, uh, Thank you. That's Tiger. very nice. Lots of lots of You're tea well. and, and lemon in my future tonight. You betcha. Um Tiger, just glad that he's out there. Anything can happen. And real quick, about the Detroit Tigers, ladies and gentlemen, don't give up hope. They've got a quality team. They've got a great uh, future. There's a little uh, things they have to work through. 
but trust me, take it from Mr. Positive, they're going to be just fine. That lineup one through nine is pretty darn good. So, Chris, All right, Greg, I like good. it. Love you. Thank, Thank you, man. You I, I like the, I like the lineup one through nine. I do. I like the lineup one through nine. We're going to talk about the heck. We're going to talk to Casey Mize coming up uh, here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Sean Belige and I uh, caught up with Casey Mize this week, and, and look, um, he didn't do have a very nice uh, opening uh, to his season. Certainly, he wanted to, to do things differently. Um, pitches just weren't quite working for him as well. But look, it's game one. I, I think that. Somebody like Casey Mize is going to be okay. We'll talk to Casey Mize coming up on the other side of the break as well. Um, spin on golf coming back tonight, 7 o'clock. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, James Pyatt will be on with the fellas um, who made his debut at the Masters as the first Michigander to win the U.S. Amateur. Uh, certainly representing Sparty, which was great. Um, James did not make the cut at plus 11. Um, but what uh, uh, an opportunity for a young guy, just a senior in college, um, to have that opportunity to play at Augusta National. And, and that last grouping of Hideki Matsuyama, the, the, the past winner, last year's winner of the Masters, and Justin Thomas, uh, some good golfers for sure. Uh, so that's been on golf coming your way at 7 o'clock. Next, we talk to Casey Mize here on Sports Rep on WJR. Don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss it. Now back to more Sports Wrap, presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. It's fair to say that Casey Mize was one of the biggest prospects in a very long time in this organization. Had a wonderful 2021 campaign. We're looking for big things once again. Casey Mize, Casey, how are you? Doing well. Glad to be back in Detroit, and you know, looking forward to getting this thing going. Yeah, we're very excited um, as well. Obviously, a, a strange off season uh, with the lockout in, uh, looming, but everybody got together. We got this thing right, and and now we're back to baseball. And, and this team, this organization, has made some some real moves to I think put this this team in contention, not only in the division but I think in in baseball. Um, and, and you're a real cornerstone in that now. How do you look at your role, not only on the pitching staff, but as a leader of the team now? You know, you know, everybody's been saying it for a long time is we got to get the pitching right. You know, it's been the biggest part of this rebuild. Um, you know, and, and we added the position players, you know, with tour coming up and then some free agent signings as well. But, you know, um, you know, th- there's, there's a lot on my plate and, and a lot on Tarek, a lot on Matt, a lot on Eduardo, because, you know, we got to get the pitching right. So, um, you know, we, we know that you know, we kind of set the pace of the game and, um, you know, as starting pitchers. So, you know, we've got to get, get us off to the right foot every game. Um, and, you know, hopefully that could lead to a win. But, you know, we, we know we're going to have to do our job. And, you know, if we do it well, then you know, we think we're going to have a really good year. You know, Casey, on a personal level, I mean, it's not like you're a seasoned veteran or anything like that. I mean, a year plus under your belt. But what have you learned in that time? It's not like you're walking in all bright-eyed either. You know what to expect. What has surprised you the most in your journey up to this point? Um, you know, I've just learned, you know, through experience, you know, like in anything in life, you know, you get more experience, you're going to get more comfortable, you're going to get more, um, you know, familiar with, you know, for me, it's the opponent and, it, and it's uh, the day-to-day routine. It's um, how long the season is. You know, last year was a lot of firsts for me, you know, 30 starts, 150 innings. It's the most I've ever done in both of those categories. So, um, 
and it's just I'm, I'm not sure there's been a huge surprise other than you know the, the depth of the big leagues you know that there's not a you can't take a batter off you know you got to stay focused can't take a pitch off um so you know it's uh obviously you know toughest competition in the world so um it just takes an extreme amount of focus and um you know to get you through that full season and um you know i look forward to doing that again and more uh, speaking of of kind of that grizzled veteran i guess approach you, you mentioned eduardo rodriguez who was uh, signed this off season um, as as a veteran in this league who's got a ton of starts under his belt throwing a lot of pitches. Um, how how have you bounced ideas off of him? Um, and then and then conversely, how has he um, a, a, approached this staff? And how does he fit into the room? I I, I imagine you could probably <laughs> probably learn some stuff from Eduardo Rodriguez. No doubt. Yeah, there's just been a lot of uh, like preliminary discussions on on some things, but. Really looking forward to diving in, but diving in, you know, with him when you know we're sitting in the dugout together watching the game. You know that that's where a lot of those conversations will take off, and where I'm going to be able to gain a lot of knowledge. You know, he's going to be able to help us, you know, in a ton of ways. Obviously on the mound, but you know off the mound, he's going to be able to help us. You know, with the East, you know, he's got a lot of, um, you know, a lot of knowledge about the East, so he's going to be able to help us on those opponents. Um, and then you know whenever we get to those big games, you know, he, he's pitched in some big time postseason games, so you know that that's something that you know our staff has really never done. Um, you know, from, from you know, Matt and Tarek and I, so, you know, we're going to be able to lean on him, you know, in those regards on how to prepare for those and, um, you know, some mentality things going into those. So, you know, I just look forward to learning a ton from Eduardo, you know, j- just watching him go about it, you know, his starts and the, the way he's so efficient and, you know, pounds the glove, you know, it's, it's been really interesting to watch and, you know, looking forward to watching him do it on the big stage and, uh, and learn it from him. Opening day. Casey, there is an excitement about this baseball team. I, I know you guys have been elsewhere and you're and you're just coming back to Detroit, but there is an excitement in this town that we haven't seen around here for you guys in probably seven, eight years. What's it like in the room? Are are you guys are you guys feeling it as well? Do you do you realize, you know, you got something special in this town's ready to get behind you? Yeah, for sure. We we share the same excitement, you know, and uh, you know, we're 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 pumped to see our fans in the stadium and um, you know, hope to put a good product out for them and win some ball games. And, um, you know, we think we're going to because, you know, we're just excited as fans and, you know, can't wait to get going and win some ball games because we think we have all the pieces to do it. we got the mindset to do it. Everybody's in this thing to win. So, um, you know, we're, we're just ready to get going. Uh, I really like the numbers from last year, uh, a 3.71 ERA and 30 starts. Um, and, and I, I thought it really was a vast improvement on just the, the few games that you pitched in in 2020. And then look, I, I think as a young pitcher, uh, you know AJ Hinch, the manager, obviously saw uh, some of that, and, and maybe you were on a bit of a pitch count. But but I'm curious to know what your role is this year. I'll tell you, as fans, we're ready to see Casey Mize full bore. And and I guess how what's the plan going forward this year? Is it is it going to be kind of on a on a pitch by pitch basis, game by game basis? Uh, how how do you envision your role going into the season? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been told of any restrictions or limitations. You know, I think it's full steam ahead and, um, you know, time to establish myself as, as a starter that is going to log innings and be consistently great. You know, I think I was pretty consistently good last year, but it's time to take a step forward and, and be great, you know, and I think I put in the work. Now it's time to just go execute on the mound and, um, you know, be, be a really quality pitcher in this league and you know, looking forward to, you know, taking that challenge head on and trying to accomplish that. Casey, you have a, a new uh, battery mate as well. What does a seasoned veteran uh, do uh, behind the dish as well? Of, of course, we're talking about your new teammate, Tucker Barnhart. Yeah, he's going to lead us from back there. You know, I think, um, you know, just some conversations we've had and with some spring outings and stuff, you know, I really love throwing to him, really love talking to him and game planning and, you know, picking his brain because he's super knowledgeable and, you know, loves to talk about ball. So, 
um, you know, just enjoyed having him, you know, so far. And I know we're just scratching the surface on some things we're going to be able to do together. So, you know, definitely look forward to, um, you know, winning some ball games with him and having him back there because, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's going to make us better back there for sure. Uh, obviously, um, this team has a strong, strong core of young players. You throw in somebody like Javier Baez uh, to give you that veteran leadership, not only defensively behind you, which I'm sure you'll you'll appreciate as the season wears on, mm-hmm. uh, but but from a leadership perspective. Now, you obviously you being a young pitcher, uh, you, you mentioned Spencer Torkelson already, Riley Green who got banged up, uh, so we'll we'll wait for him uh, to to heal up from that fractured foot. But talk about the young core of players here, because Sean mentioned it earlier. There's a huge buzz about this team that we haven't seen in this town in a number of years. Years, and and there is probably going to be a certain amount of pressure on on your shoulders, but at the same time, look if there's if there are a couple guys that we expect to 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 play well and handle that pressure, it's it's the three of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's um you know we have a core group of guys that are going to be around for the next five or six years. You know if you, if you look at it, so um you know it's going to be a lot of familiar faces you know th- throughout the future in Detroit. So we're starting to you know lay foundations and and build relationships that we're looking to build on. Um, and, and, and win a lot of games together. You know, we're going to lean on some veteran leadership for that, and we're going to step into some roles like that. You know, whenever we you know get more service time and more uh, experience in this league, and, and win more ball games, and you know, we have to earn all that. So, um, you know, all this stuff has to be earned. But you know, I think we're going to do it, and uh, you know, lay a great, great foundation for um, you know w- winning teams uh, to come. Casey Mize, uh, Casey, best of luck this season. We look forward to seeing a, a whole heck of a lot of you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, that kid, he look, here's the deal, is yes, he did not have a very good first start. But um, there are some big things ahead for Casey Mize, I, I believe. And then you throw in a guy, and, and potentially the impact that he has on Casey Mize and how big it could be. Tucker Barnhart, the new catcher for this team. Uh, we will talk to him coming up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Sports Rep as we continue this Sunday evening right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Uh, one of the newest members, uh, maybe one of the newest uh, members of our community as well, uh, uh, Tucker Barnhart spent his entire career from 2014 to last year with the Cincinnati Reds uh, and, and now making his first uh, start today at Comerica Park, uh, our new catcher, Tucker Barnhart. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, what has this transition been like? Because we, we, I think from a fan perspective, we make a lot about, you know, guys spending their entire career with, with, with one organization. But I can't tell you how excited we are to have you here. Um, and and I, I guess, how, how has this transition been like for you and your family? Well, first of all, I appreciate that. Um, I'm excited as heck to be here. Um, it's a, it's a great opportunity for, for not only for, for myself, but for our team. Um, but I, I'm, it, the transition has been, uh, it was a whirlwind there at the beginning, um, waiting to kind of figure out what the decision was going to be from Cincinnati in regards to my option there at the end of the, at the end of the world series. Um, and then the trade happened and all of that, and then we got locked out. So, um, there was, there was virtually no contact, um, 
there was no contact for, with me and the organization um, as well as everybody else. Uh, but the players kind of kept in touch and then all of that stuff went on. But it's been a bit of a whirlwind. But when we were able to get down to Lakeland um, and, and get playing ball, get out on the field and doing everything that was normal uh, at this time of year, um, it all kind of came back to uh, feeling natural um, and that whirlwind feeling kind of went away. You know, Tucker, it's interesting from a playing standpoint, you've got to say, wasn't it just yesterday that you were the young guy, you know, walking out in the field back in 2014 for the Reds, and, and now here you are, the quote-unquote grizzled veteran, the guy that everybody is going to go, you know, seek some wisdom from. How's that dynamic been working for you? Uh, it's been uh, an ever-evolving process, I would assume. Um, I like to kind of, when I put myself or insert myself into – situations that are new just kind of take my time to kind of um adapt and and just take everybody in and learn what what the feel for the clubhouse or the situation is um and it's been it's been great so i'm just excited to to help at any level that i can help us win as many games as as possible whether it's helping out our 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 young pitching staff or whether it's um, just being a guy to answer any questions or whatever, or just going to play ball, uh, whatever the case may be. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it um, and um, ready to get rolling. Uh, I don't think I need to tell you, but, but being the catcher on a major league baseball team is incredibly important. I think, I think it's maybe a little undersold how important your position is. And, and you've got, a starting rotation that I think that there's a lot of uh, excitement for, whether it's Casey Mize, Eduardo Rodriguez, Tarek Skubal. Um, talk to me about your relationship that you that you've kind of been building with those guys, and and the, and how that relationship translates to the diamond. Well, first of all, I'm biased because I completely agree with you. I think that the the catching position is a is a uh, major. To be look, to Tucker. To be fair, I I I that was a, a low hanging fruit for you. I figured you'd hit it. You did. Well done. That. I appreciate that, but uh, no, those those relationships are um, quickly developing um, a, as we've gone on here in the spring and as we're headed into opening day. Um, I, I'm just getting to know these guys and getting to know what they like to do specifically on the mound, and then uh, in, in going through certain situations and having tons of conversation uh, to make sure that we can we can hit the ground running um, today when when we open and. And uh, I mean, the listen, hitting speed bumps during the season are going to be inevitable. Um, they they happen uh, no matter how pre- prepared you are or how uh, how good you feel. So it's just one of those things that we talk we talk as much as we can about certain situations, certain pitch sequences, certain um, things that maybe we could have done better, or things that we want to continue to build on and 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 just continue to work on. So. Um, there, those relationships are developing. I, I think as a catcher, you're kind of a psychologist as well, and you have to kind of learn how guys tick. So that's a different, that's another layer uh, to to all of this that, that that I'm getting used to and getting a crash course on, um, especially uh, with the early spring that we had. So it's been great, um, and uh, I look forward to to those relationships that continue to build. Tigers catcher Tucker Barnhart kindly joining us here, Paul W. Smith Show, opening day. Tucker, you come from a place where opening day was pretty special down in Cincinnati. Detroit, not much different at all. Have you heard about what it's like here? Are you guys feeling the same electricity that everybody in town is feeling for this team? Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about about the party that is opening day. So, uh Obviously, I won't be able to be a part of uh, everything that's going on down downtown uh, before the game. Um, I mean, you could. But, uh, I don't know that AJ would be happy about that. But yeah, 
I, I, I agree with that. Uh, but no, I've heard nothing. Like I said, nothing but great things. Cincinnati did a, such a great job with opening day, and it was a it was a party as well. And and it, it kind of trickled over into the into the stadium, and you felt the energy and electricity. And I've heard nothing but great things about the way that Detroit does it as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think as players that whenever you can kick off a, a new season and, and, and experience an opening day in the major leagues, it's something that you never forget. I mean, they, this will be my, uh, I think my seventh opening day now or eighth opening day. And you never want to take them for granted because to make an opening day roster is so special and, and you're so lucky as a player to be able to do that. Um, so it's no matter where you're at, uh, playing ball on opening day, it's uh, it's it's got a little bit more of a of, of a meaning to it than uh, than any other game. Uh, I, I'm curious to know uh, you being a, a, an Indianapolis guy. Uh, had you ever been to Detroit? Obviously, being from the Midwest, you you, you share our values. But um, had had you ever been to Michigan into the up up into the Detroit area? Being from Indianapolis. To be honest, no, um, I, I have not. This is my first uh, experience. Obviously. Um, when I've when I've come in to, to play in Detroit in the past, um, I've I've loved the area that we've that we've stayed in and the, playing at the ballpark. It's it seems like a great atmosphere. Or it seemed like a great atmosphere, but uh, I, I'm excited to to play 81 games here um, and uh, and in, embrace this city and um, and enjoy the summer um, and uh, and all the baseball that's going to come with it. Uh, and speaking of uh, playing the 81 games here, obviously uh, you've, you you played at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Now you're at Comerica Park. These ballparks differ uh, quite a bit. Yankee Stadium is a heck of a lot different than Comerica Park. How 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 have uh, ha, have you been able to to see maybe some differences or some similarities uh, between now your two home ballparks? Yeah, no. It uh, from playing here in the past, um, it it seems. Clearly, that the that the ballpark itself is bigger. The ball doesn't travel as much, which which is uh, no surprise. It travels very well, and it's not the biggest ballpark in, in the world in Cincinnati. Um, it seems more pitcher friendly, which uh, to me, uh, there's there's give and take there for sure. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's kind of bittersweet. Obviously, I have to to hit here too, but uh, but also I, I get to call pitches against teams um, as well, which yeah. uh, we can use the ballpark to our benefit. But um, they they differ. They I would be willing to say that they're pretty much polar opposites as far as ballparks are concerned uh, but you know it's just when you get out there and you get playing at the old cliche term it's the, it's the same game you've been playing all your life which is the reality of it and uh, the ballpark's just kind of built around uh, what we're doing yeah uh, Tucker Barnhart uh, one of our newest Detroit Tigers here uh, congratulate we're so excited that you're here uh, and um, ha- have a, a wonderful season look forward to talking with you throughout thank you I appreciate it anytime guys thank you uh, Tucker Barnhart, I think, is going to be a very special piece to this team, um, and particularly on the hitting side of things. I mean, Tucker can hit the ball, too. And with this kind of space, this kind of uh, um, these empty holes that you can find at Comerica Park, I think that's actually going to serve him uh, pretty well offensively. So uh, certainly Tucker Barnhart, somebody got to keep an eye on. Uh, in the meantime, we'll give you an update of, of what's going on at the Masters. Um, but spoiler alert, um, Scotty Scheffler is going to win this thing. So we'll give you an update of what's going on down at Augusta. But there was a story recently that the person who had purchased at auction uh, a few years ago, the set of irons that Tiger Woods used to win um, a, a number of majors between 2000 and 2001. He won four majors 
they are those four majors. They dubbed them at the time, the tiger slam. And the, the, the guy who had owned these irons recently put them up for auction. And I'd have to find out exactly. They were sold for $682,000 back in 2013. So it's the Titleist 68 1T iron set sold for $5.1 million. $5.1 million. And here's the kicker of it all is to these particular irons aren't actually, um, they haven't been, been authenticated. And this is a Titleist vice president sold them at the auction back then. He had them at, he had said at 12 years ago. Now, um, I've, I haven't told anybody that I owned them. They were in a nice frame in my office and I'm not an investor in memorabilia. So nobody was seeing these irons. I had the opportunity to see them for 12 years and it's like a Rembrandt where nobody gets to the to see them. I felt blessed. I got to hang them on my wall and look at them. But it's time for somebody else to do something bigger and better with them. So he sold them $5.1 million. Um, there was a polygraph submitted back in 2010 to prove that they were authentic irons. He passed that polygraph test. There was research done, putting pictures together. And, and unt- nobody has authenticated them at all. But there have been enough that people feel that these are the authentic Titleist irons that Tiger used from 2000 to 2001, and they sold for $5.1 million. Absolutely crazy. I'll give you an update on the Masters next as Sports Wrap wraps up. Get you ready for Spin on Golf. That's next here on WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, welcome back. Uh, Look, this thing's over. It's Scotty Scheffler's tournament. He's going to be wearing a green jacket in about 15 minutes. Um, He's uh, 12 under. Just a, a really remarkable tournament here for Scotty Scheffler. He was, in the sense of... Just straight consistency. Scotty Scheffler was the most consistent player this weekend. From Thursday to Sunday, he just played really sound golf. Rory got off to a slow start. Um, Had a wonderful, uh, just an an absolute marvel of a Sunday. Um, But it just wasn't enough. And 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 Sean Belegian, we got spin on golf coming uh, our way next here at seven o'clock here on WJR. Looking forward to having that back. Um, th- that eighteen with Rory and Colin Morikawa both chipping out of that right side greenside bunker was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, what a way to finish off those rounds! It was crazy. It, it really was. I mean, uh, today I mean, it's just there were so many unbelievable golf shots. How how about that that shot on three from Scheffler? You know, oh, and crazy. and things got tight a little bit. You know, it, it, he he was only up by a stroke early on today, and you know maybe people are going to forget about that because as, as you mentioned, he's going to win going away. But uh, you're absolutely right. Showed everybody again uh, why he's the best uh, golfer 
in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Rory looked like old Rory. I, I I texted Jordan a few hours back, and I, I said, I remember this guy. You know, almost going out there with a reckless abandonment, you know? And uh, it, w- it was fun to watch, man. I mean, just an outstanding event. As treacherous as yesterday was, today was something special. Yeah, Rory was a guy who who I I, I put a lot down on um, to win this tournament. I thought I thought he did this thing was kind of made for him. Um, hasn't won a Masters yet. I, I just thought Rory was was the guy here, and and it felt like um, he was putting together a couple of nice starts leading up to this tournament, um, and he just got off to a slow start. And and you got to tip your cap to Scotty Scheffler because um, for as much of a push as Rory put on. It was just too little too late. He didn't have the holes left in front of him that 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 Scheffler did. And and the way that Scheffler navigated this back nine um was was really nice. I mean, he had the bogey on 10, but after that, it was just consistency. It was a, a, a three pars in a row, followed by a couple of birdies that, that really slammed the door shut on this thing at 14 and 15. So you got to give it up to Scotty Scheffler. Um, in the meantime, Tiger Woods, we talked a lot about this. Um, in uh, the, the the early part when the Masters started Thursday and Friday. And look, finished plus 14. Nobody expected Tiger to win this thing, but the fact that he was out there was incredible, and he already committed to playing in the open, which I think is, is something that we have to keep in mind that he felt good enough to play in this tournament that he's going to go play St. Andrews. Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, because you you just don't know with an injury as severe as that how the leg is going to react. There's no other way to say that. And, you know, I'm with you. 78-78, so what? He made the cut. Um, You know, obviously it was something worth talking about all tournament long, but make no mistake about it. And I'm, I'm glad that you began the segment that way. Scotty Scheffler's the story of this weekend in this Masters. Make no mistake about that. As great a story as Tiger is and, and will continue to be, uh, this this was his show. Yeah. Um, uh, also, um, we, we had a really nice connection uh, to the Masters this week, and, and that was James Pyatt, the senior at Michigan State. Of course, I think he won some tournament called the, 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 the U.S. Amateur Tournament. Go figure. Um, that he look, he didn't make the cut, finished at plus 11. Um, but my goodness, when you're a college senior playing and, and you, you are an amateur champion and you are playing in on Friday with Hideki Matsuyama, who won the Masters last year, and Jordan and Justin Thomas, I mean, what an experience that is. I know you guys are talking to him. Uh, on spin on golf tonight. I'm really looking forward to hearing that because what what a what an experience he was able to have uh, down at Augusta. Yeah, and I'm sure you know as you mentioned, we're going to have him on right around seven fifteen. I'm sure there were some jitters. I'm sure there were some butterflies. Mm-hmm. How about the kid showing some resiliency and bouncing back after shooting that eighty one on Thursday? Yeah. Uh, he bounced back and he shoots a seventy four. And uh, knowing James Pyatt, the little bit that I do. My guess is James Pyatt is is mad at even shooting a 74. Sure. You know, he, he thought it should have been a 70, but uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him. What a learning experience, I'm sure, uh, this weekend was for him. Uh, my guess, and I don't know that he would say this, but my guess is maybe why he didn't play up to his standards was BC there. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> that would be my guess, but I can't. I can't. Maybe that's a question you'll have to ask him. 
Yeah, we're looking uh, it, forward to it. Uh, it. Jordan and BC coming up. Mike Fail join us next week, but uh, looking forward to it. Uh, always fun. It's going to be the next 21 weeks. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the that time, Chris is going to be out at uh, the beautiful DGC, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll spend a little time at Fox Hills as well. So really looking forward to another season of Spin on Golf. So you got James Pyatt coming up around 7.15, and uh, I, I assume a lot of Masters talk as this thing wraps up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to see if uh, BC wants to continue a staple of the last couple of years, the punk of the week. Uh, okay. I love when I love when BC goes off script. Uh, there's there's nobody that does it quite like he does. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun show. The hour flies by, and it's great to have three PGA professionals uh, in the house because I certainly don't qualify as one. Sean Belegian and a BC full of pimento cheese coming your way at seven oh five right here on WJR. Shawnee, have a nice show. Thank you. Be nice. Yeah, you got it. Um, spin on golf coming your way at 7.05. Uh, you're not going to want to miss. Believe me, don't miss that conversation with James Pyatt. I know that he didn't have the tournament that he wanted, but that kid is an unbelievable golfer. He's a great person uh, and certainly somebody to watch and, and root for. There's no doubt about it. That's going to do it for us tonight. Have yourself a wonderful week. Back with you Saturday, 6 to 7, right here on WJR. In the meantime, we'll talk to you then.